Happy 5 o'clock drive time. I know a lot of you were in the car. You're trying to go home. You were trying to end the day because it is Thursday. It is, as our dear friend Moon Griffon would say, it is Friday Eve. Glad to get here. Glad to get to the end of the week. We've made it through another debate, ladies and gentlemen. 4.2 million people watched that debate, despite the fact that it was only on News Nation and the CW. I saw some liberal media folks. Uh, making fun uh, before the debate, saying, uh, if you want to know how few people are going to watch, I need to reiterate, it's going to be on the CW and News Nation. They were making fun of it because the GOP, uh, the, the, the RNC has been uh, avoiding the mainstream media. Now, CNN uh, is apparently working to uh, have two debates, one in January, one in February. Uh, I do have to say, before anything else, last night, uh, Megyn Kelly did a phenomenal job as moderator. Uh, the, 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 the temperature of the room got very hot, but she did a very good job. All three of the moderators did a great job. Elena Johnson, who is with the Washington Free Beacon, did a great job. It was very interesting seeing her because the Washington Free Beacon is notoriously tough on Vivek Ramaswamy, and watching the questions that she asked him was pretty, pretty interesting. So... It is your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet Cadillac. You can find new roads with Service Chevrolet. Just check them out by going over there, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, during the day, not during your evening drive home, but during the day you get some time, or on the weekend you get some time, go check them out, or check them out online at servicegm.com. The debate. Let's talk about the debate. It was, without a doubt, objectively speaking, it was Nikki Haley's worst performance. And and one of the things that has bothered me about Nikki Haley for a while is that one of the reasons she was so popular when she was a governor, when she was on the conservative scene, is that she was very authentic. And lately, she is just not coming across, uh, across as authentic. And it is showing in her debate performance last night. Now, she was under attack from Vivek Ramaswamy, from uh, Ron DeSantis. I think it's very noteworthy that Ron DeSantis took a more aggressive line with her. But the DeSantis campaign keeps saying, well, her poll numbers are inflated. This on-the-rise thing is inflated. Nobody likes her. Conservatives don't like her. But her numbers are rising. Her numbers are rising, in particular in New Hampshire and South Carolina. She's getting a little bit of a boost in Iowa, but that still seems like the place where Ron DeSantis is going to be strongest. Now, I say all that to reiterate what I said yesterday and have said previously. The DeSantis campaign's strategy is to try to win Iowa, and there is some talk that he might be able to pull it off, He wants to win Iowa to show that Trump is no longer inevitable. And if Trump is no longer inevitable, some of those numbers that you see in the polling start drifting away. That's the campaign strategy, not saying it will happen or it won't happen. That is definite. That's the campaign strategy. That's their belief. That's why they're focusing their strategy the way they are. Likewise, Nikki Haley and her team believe that if they can try to do a pretty good job in Iowa, but really focus on New Hampshire and South Carolina and take two of the three early states. They get a lot of momentum to really be competitive against Donald Trump. You will note that last night, Nikki Haley actually started going after Trump a little bit. It was very interesting to see. 
Vivek Ramaswamy remains the most unlikable guy, according, not not just my opinion, although my opinion is, yeah, I, I, I don't like the guy. You guys know that. I don't hide my dislikes from y'all. It's gotten me in trouble with some of you before, but I try not to hide my dislikes. That's something, somebody, uh, somebody did say something not too uh, long ago. They sent me a message and, um, was basically saying, stop trying to get your audience to, to turn on Trump or whatever. It's never going to work. And if that's how I'm coming across, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to convince y'all not to like Trump whenever I criticize him or anything like that. I'm just explaining to you why I personally don't like the guy. I, I feel my, my general philosophy about radio is that I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm not going to tell you how to think. But in order for you to understand me, I need to explain to you how I think, how I'm looking at these things. That's my job, I think, as, as somebody who's giving you analysis, I need to give you the reasoning behind my analysis. And you can dislike my point of views. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm not trying to convince y'all of anything. One of the most important things here is I think that the voters more often than not get it right. And even if the voters don't get it right, the will of the voter is what makes the system work. So if the will of the voter is that somebody that I don't like becomes president, we'll just have to see how that plays out. If somebody I do like becomes president, well, obviously I agree with the voters, but it's all about the representation of the voter. And that, that brings me back to last night. The problem with Nikki Haley is that she's coming across as somebody who is not representing voters. Now, I like Nikki Haley. I have friends in conservative circles who are friends with Nikki Haley, who know her, who have been in her presence, who talked with her or have talked with her. They all say the same thing. They love Nikki Haley. I don't know her personally. I've seen her live in person. I've seen her speak live in person a couple times. And I've seen her in these debates. The Nikki Haley that is being presented to America right now is not the Nikki Haley that all of my friends love. She is not representing the voters right now. She is representing some of those interests that are backing her. And that's a problem for the Haley campaign. Ron DeSantis did a very good job of exposing Nikki Haley as somebody who is trying to represent, who, who has represented other interests not saying she is, but he was able to portray her as somebody who represents other interests rather than the interests of the American people and of conservatives in particular. Vivek Ramaswamy tried to do the same thing, but ended up getting booed a lot last night, particularly when he started calling her a fascist. That's a tactic of the left. That was not appreciated by the folks in the room. That was not appreciated by a lot of conservatives across the country last night. 
a lot of folks were turned off of Vivek Ramaswamy when he started calling her a fascist and corrupt, baselessly so. But between the attacks from those two, she was fairly successfully painted as somebody who was in the grasp of the special interests rather than conservative voters, and that's why she lost last night. Ron DeSantis had a very solid performance. He was able to land those jabs. He was able to come across as the victor in the crossfire, but in the back and forth between the two of them. She tried to attack him over the gender bathroom bill, and he said, I signed one, you didn't. Won that exchange very handily. Again, if the election's held today, Donald Trump is the nominee, and Donald Trump's probably the president of the United States. In fact, there's some data that came out today. Let me get to this before we go to the break. Um, Democracy Corps, a Democratic advisory group founded by Stan Greenberg and James Carville, surveyed 2,500 voters in presidential and Senate battleground states as well as competitive House districts. This is according to the New York Times. In an email, Greenberg summarized the results as, this is grim. The study, he said, found that collectively voters in the Democratic base of, quote, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, LGBTQ+, community, Gen Z, millennials, unmarried, and college women all give Trump higher approval ratings than Biden. So, yeah, if the election's held today or the election's held tomorrow, Donald Trump is the nominee and he's probably the next president of the United States. But the election's not held tomorrow. 4.2 million people watched that debate last night. Not entirely certain how many of those were likely Republican voters who were on the fence about any particular candidate, but it's notable that many people were watching it on two networks not known for, or, or one network known for its news coverage, but not with a big audience, and another network that is known for entertainment and not news, the CW. But the fact is, 4.2 million people watched it. What they came away with is that Ron DeSantis won. And if he continues to carry momentum into Iowa, that could present a challenge to the front runner in the Republican Party. Let's take a quick break. Of course, your messages on the app chat. Shout out to Scott, who, by the way, is letting us know there's a stalled vehicle on I-10 East prior to exit 104. So do be careful in that general vicinity. Shout out to Scott, though, for letting us know. We'll take this break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number. You can send a message through the KPEL app chat. It is your 5 o'clock news cruise, and that is brought to you by Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer for nine years in a row. Talking, of course, about our friends at Service Chevrolet here in Lafayette. 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, you can get it all serve at service. All right, new and used cars right there on the lot. New inventory coming in all the time. Parts and service department, body shop, collision center, fine line custom auto. They've got the wash, your automotive needs all right there for you. Stop by 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. Check out the huge selection or servicegm.com. They have Louisiana's largest selection of Chevrolets. They're getting new inventory daily. And right now, they're offering special pricing for the men and women of the military, first responders, educators, all to say thanks for their service to the community and their sacrifice for the community. 
Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Our family serving your family for the last 50 years. Find new roads at Service Chevrolet on Ambassador Caffrey. Now, last thought about the debate before we go to a break. A lot of folks are calling it a fruitless exercise. I don't disagree with that analysis. The debate itself doesn't mean a whole lot. Debates rarely, rarely impact anything unless somebody has a huge gap. No debate has really had a major impact since JFK got elected. Let's be honest. However, however, there are a couple of exceptions to that, but um, one of the things that you really need to understand is it's not the debate itself. It's the spin afterwards. It's all the news networks playing the clips. Fox News playing the clips. CNN playing the clips. MSNBC playing the clips and saying, oh my God, they're all extremists. They're all going to kill us all. All of that makes a difference. All of that is what the voters see. And when you cut those clips just the right way and make them say whatever you want them to, it has an impact on the race. Ron DeSantis looked the most composed last night. And when the video clips come out showing Ron DeSantis... He is going to look the most composed of anybody on that stage, excepting maybe Chris Christie. But Chris Christie is slouching against his podium. He he doesn't have a shot past New Hampshire. I'm not even sure he has a shot before New Hampshire. His numbers are lower than Tim Scott's when Tim Scott got out. But Chris Christie is determined to stay it through a New England state. And then he'll probably back out and then endorse Nikki Haley. But Ron DeSantis, in all the clips, everything you'll see, looks the most composed, and that is a big deal when it comes to what voters want to see. We'll take a break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number, or you can use the KPL app chat to send a message uh, to the show. It is your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, or online, servicegm.com. And speaking of online, if you haven't yet, despite the fact that I've been telling you to for a while now, go check out SeizeTheDeal.com and find some really good deals out there. $14 e-voucher to daily deals, liquidation, and home goods. That's only $7 over at Seize the Deal. You want food and drinks? I recommend ATF Bistro, $7 on Season Deal. will get you a $14 gift card toward ATF Bistro. Phenomenal opportunity. All those opportunities available, SeizeTheDeal.com. Now, I have a confession to make. This will not win me any fans in the white woman demographic, and so I'm sorry, but it needs to be said. I don't care for Taylor Swift. I don't. I really do not care for Taylor Swift. It's not my cup of tea. My, my, my taste in music ranges far and wide. But Taylor Swift is just not among those tastes. But the people who are fans of Taylor Swift, I bear them no ill will because I'm married to one and the father of another. But... There is this 
incessant need from the left to have their favorite celebrities use their voice, use their platform for whatever purpose uh, they deem appropriate. There is this push right now among the left for Taylor Swift to come out and demand a ceasefire in Gaza. There is one activist on social media, contributing editor to The Monthly, has bylines at Slate and Vox that tells you everything you need to know about that person. I spend a lot of time thinking about Gaza and listening to Taylor Swift and then wondering what Taylor Swift thinks of Gaza. There's no excuse. Taylor could also make a huge difference in the fight against climate change if she wanted to. She doesn't. No excuse. This is in response to somebody else's tweet. Taylor must feel something about the ongoing humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza. Her silence is an active choice and it betrays the image of herself that she created. You don't get to align yourself with the chick's brave advocacy against the Iraq war and then stay silent on Gaza. Another person, uh, yesterday, I think it was, let me find this one because this one was just hilarious. Um, Sarah Rao, who is a known uh, known uh, Islamic activist in the U.S., likes to accuse everybody of being Islamophobic if they criticize her. The white American woman billionaire who could end the genocide of the Palestinians with one Instagram post as Times Person of the Year. White nonsense, white violence, white love of black and brown genocide. She, for posting that on Twitter, got a community note from Twitter that says, historically, conflicts and wars have not ended due to Instagram posts. Therefore, it is extremely unlikely that an Instagram post made by Taylor Swift will end the war in Gaza. Y'all, you listening are a smart people. You're rational people. Do you think the Israeli Defense Force, I'm sorry, the Israel Defense Force, the IDF, do you think that they would just lay down their arms and embrace the Gazans, embrace Hamas, if Taylor Swift goes on Instagram and on her Instagram story just tweet, uh, just post the hashtag ceasefire now, peace in Gaza, stop the genocide? If Taylor Swift did that, do you really and honestly think That it would end the conflict in Israel right now. No, it would not. And these people are silly and they just want everybody to be virtue signalers like they are. It would not make a difference. There's not a damn thing that would change if, if Taylor Swift posted on Instagram demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. You know when the ce- there was a ceasefire. You know that, right? It was on October 6th. It went up to October 6th. Then on the morning of October 7th, Hamas violated it. This is stupid. This is stupidity from a bunch of people who really, at this point, have no rational thought left. And I, I'm, 
I try not to be mean and personally insulting, but there are a lot of people I'm just concerned. I don't know how they get their pants on in the morning without injuring themselves. There are a lot of people who go to social media and they are these activists and they, they, they say all these things and you wonder if they are under a concussion protocol right now because the things they do and say in an effort to espouse their views are just ridiculous. No, Taylor Swift is not going to post anything about Israel Gaza because Taylor Swift wants to continue having a career. You understand that? Do you understand that a celebrity getting involved in that way is a great way for a career to, you know, just end? And it's not her she's got to think about right now because she's riding the coattails of Travis Kelsey, who made her what she is today. That was just me poking fun at people who are sensitive to that subject. But anyway, no, Taylor Swift is not going to do anything of the sort. Just... Stop Stop trying to get validation of your own beliefs from celebrities. You're, you're acting stupid. I'm going to boycott this person because they're not speaking out about the genocide of the Palestinians, or I'm not going, and the, some folks on the right do it too. I'm going to boycott this person because they're, they're not speaking up for children or, or family or whatever, or Donald Trump or whatever. I'm, I don't care. Taylor Swift writes music, largely depressing music, but Taylor Swift writes music. She performs music. She's not out there espousing political ideology. And the last time she did, by the way, she made endorsements of political races. Everybody she endorsed lost. She knows better. She's, she's not going to get involved in that. Anyway, let's t- when we come back, we've got a guest in the studio. Uh, USA Boxing happening over at the Cajun Dome. We got one of the winners in, upset a number one seed. We're going to talk to that uh, to that winner in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. And don't forget, I'm filling in for Moon Grafon tomorrow, so be sure to tune in for a lot more fun there. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk. 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Now... It is your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Uh, go check them out, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette or online, servicegm.com. Thank you very much to Service for being our 5 o'clock sponsor. Going to switch gears a bit. Going to talk a little sports to, to wrap up the day. Okay, and joining us in the studio today, we have uh, a guy who is taking part in uh, all the boxing excitement at, at the Cajun Dome this week. Uh, we have U.S. Olympic trials. We also have USA Boxing uh, National Championships going on. And one of the participants who, if I'm reading this correctly, you came in, you upset the number one seed. You went in as the yeah. underdog, and you came out yeah. on top. We've got Carlos Flowers. Yes, sir. And, Carlos, first of all, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So where are you from? Uh, I'm from Dover, Delaware. So you're kind of a ways from home. Yeah, a how's, little bit. How's, do, you, do you travel to a bunch of different states all the time? Uh, uh, recently, I've been going back and forth from to Colorado. But other than that, nah, not nah. really. First time yeah. in Louisiana? Yeah, first time. How do you like it? Uh, it's, I like the weather. The weather's nice. <laughs> uh, we checked out New Orleans. New Orleans is nice. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So uh, first of all, congratulations. Thank big, you. big win for you. Thank uh, you. How like in the immediate aftermath, like when you knew you had won, how'd you yeah. feel? 
Uh, it felt like a relief. Uh, that was our second time fighting, actually. So mm-hmm. uh, I fell short the first fight. So be able to get that one back, it felt real good. It felt real good. That's awesome. Uh, so tell me a little bit about like the journey to get here, like the training hours, like all the fights you've been in, everything like that. How does one get from where you were in Delaware to Louisiana fighting in the national championships? Um, well, I started boxing when I was like in eighth grade. So I think I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, me and my coach, Coach Dwayne, that's when we got up. Um, we we trained hard. We trained almost like we trained twice a day, every single day of the week. Uh, crazy hours. We'll be up at 3 a.m. in the morning going to the beach, wow. running. Um, we'll do sessions at 10.30 at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just passionate. So, so I'm guessing it's not like the old Rocky montages, right? It's not <laughs> It's not just that one. It's like you're putting in days and weeks yeah, and yeah. just hours upon hours of work, right? Yeah. What What first got you into it? Uh, my dad. My dad's a fighter. He's uh he does taekwondo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he actually just fought in the nationals for uh taekwondo. So he really got me and my little brother into boxing. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first ones. Yeah. So he introduced me, and then I just fell in love with it since then. So, it, it is so. This is your first time, I guess, in the national championship tournament. Just just yes, taking part in all this. Uh, how how did you feel when you found out you'd be coming to Louisiana? Um. It was exciting knowing that I could participate and potentially make history mm-hmm. in the Olympic trials. So that was exciting. Um, Louisiana was my first time here, so I also was excited for that experience, what they had here, what you guys had here. So, yeah, I was excited. So you talk about making history. What 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 history are you making? Um, being the first uh, boxer from Delaware to win the Olympic trials, and potentially have a shot at the Olympics and mm-hmm. going to the Olympics and winning the whole thing there, bringing home gold. Wow, so that's the main goal. So you really just want to you you want to represent back home? Yeah, represent back home, show them that uh, someone from our area can do it. Big uh, big fan base back home. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, big family. Yeah, uh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, just you know, as far as as far as the actual like tournament itself goes, what's next for you? Um, next. Uh, the semifinals, which is tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure who the guy is, but mm-hmm. I'm just ready to go in there and put on my best performance to uh, move on to the finals and get the job done. So in other sports, it's you know who your opponent is. You watch tape. You try to figure out a strategy and everything yeah. like that. Is it different in boxing? Is it just you're, you're focusing on you? You're focusing on your own technique. You're not worried about the other guy? Um, yeah, sometimes we do a little uh, film study of our opponents and stuff. But for us, when we go in there, we just like to make adjustments on the go. See mm-hmm. what we know, we what skill base skill bases we have. So we use our skill bases to our advantages, and we just make a little tweaks in the ring with what we gotta adjust to. So those skills and those advantages. What's the advantage you have over your opponents? Um, I got. I think I. I think I got great footwork. Mm-hmm. My footwork is real good. And then uh, and if, if it doesn't work out, I really got a dog in me that I can bring yeah. out and uh press forward, and just get the job done. I think footwork is probably one of those things people kind of – it's boxing. Yeah. And you're, you're wearing you're wearing <laughs> gloves. You're, you're, you're fist fighting. Yeah. But people don't understand just how important the footwork is. Yeah, the footwork is very important, yeah. How, how much work do you have to put in just on the footwork alone? On the footwork, we – yeah, we do that a lot. Like, we have ladders, like how football players use the ladders. We'll pull yeah. the ladders out, and we'll do an hour straight of footwork. Like, one time, it was, I think it was like 10.30 at night, mm-hmm. me and my teammates was in there, and we did like – 
we did it for like 45 minutes straight just doing footwork. So, yeah, it's important. Now, you mentioned doing this since eighth grade. How have yeah. you balanced the student life and the athletic life? Oh, uh, yeah, it was hard, but um, it was just, yeah, I feel like it's like every other sport, though, like how football players go to practice after school and stuff. It's the same way with boxing mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, you do your work, school work, and then you go to the gym. So before you became a boxer, did you, I mean, you mentioned your dad, Taekwondo and everything. Yeah. I, did Did you watch boxing? Is that something you had done, or did you just, like, pick up some gloves one day and say, I want to try this? No, nah, I wasn't. I didn't really watch it since till I got into it. I was more of a football guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, so who's I, your team? Uh, the Eagles, of course. Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I got I got you. No, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Just a couple hours down the road from us, kind of disappointing at <laughs> yeah. times. So I'm, I'm not going to begrudge yeah. anybody else there. Best but, team in the league. Yeah, all right. So, <laughs> all right. What, uh, what are you looking forward to most when this is all – as dust settles, win or lose – Obviously, you're going to win, right? Yeah. But when it's all over, what's next? Um, Just go home and then keep on training, waiting for whatever. Is, I don't know what's next yet, but I know mm-hmm. something big is going to be in store, and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be ready for. We're going to be ready for it. Awesome. Carlos Flowers from yeah. Delaware, Eagles fan. Be quiet, <laughs> Saints fans. Don't <laughs> scream at your radios. Thank you very much for coming in, and congratulations, and I hope nothing but the best for you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Go Eagles. And that's it for me, you guys. It's It's been a great day. Going to be back in 23 hours. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at RedState.com. You can also find uh, the podcast on Substack, the Joe Cunningham Show on Substack, or if you go to Apple, Spotify, wherever, you can get the podcast there. That's going to be it for me. We've got the Mark Levin Show up next. I'll be back again tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.